Hey y'all, welcome back to From the Flybridge. This is your host, Lexi Creary. Today we're in my hometown talking to three of the best fishing guides in the Florida Keys. Based out of the most popular marinas, Postcard Inn, Worldwide Sportsman, and of course, Bud and Mary's. The truth is, when you're walking down the docks, you have a choice who provides your experience. Many people view the town of Island Mirada as a vacation, but today we speak to true locals. These gentlemen are generational fishermen who were born and bred into this. We touch on the highs and lows of being a guide, how to adapt to an ever-changing environment, and a lifetime spent on the water. Let's jump right in. Okay, who's telling the land crab story? The land crab story. I think his name, his name was Mr. Zach. (laughs) <laughs> he was a substitute teacher. So the Marine Studies class, Marine Studies program, we all had, uh, what do we have, 100-gallon 100 gallon fish tanks. And there was maybe 23 or 24 of them in the class. Every four or five kids had, you know, students um, had a, a tank assigned to them. We were all in groups. And anyways, <laughs> uh, the substitute teacher um, found a land crab in the parking lot. Must have thought it was some sort of sea critter that got out of a tank or whatever else. And he put it in the fish tank. Well, we got to class the next... Like in water, right? Like in the water. Like and submerged it in like water. Like submerged it in the water. And it's not even like the thing was like swimming. It was upside down on the bottom, <laughs> dead. And we come into class and we're like, who put this in there? Like, what's going on? And being the students, we didn't say anything. And we just kind of let it ride. We're all giggling and laughing. We're like, what it is what it is. Like, it's in the tank. Like, we're not going to take it out. Like, let's let this go. So Mr. Makepeace, our, our true teacher, comes in the next morning. And he is up in arms. Who in the world put the crab in the fish tank? I can't believe you guys would do that to me. This is not funny. This is not a joke. We, we have balances in these tanks. And, and now all that is ruined. And we are all laughing. And we're, we're explaining to him, it was the teacher. It was Mr. Zach. And he's like, no, no, there's no way. We had to be you guys. He didn't believe us. And what was actually in your tank? Like, speak to that. Like, we're talking about marine studies. What was actually? You guys had baby sailfish. I remember that. Someone had a juvenile sailfish that yeah. I was so jealous of. Yeah, I lived for like three hours. Yeah. <laughs> the coolest, I think... <laughs> one, one of the cooler things um, we had in our tank was a baby triple tail. And I named him Rupert. I caught, we caught him one night um, while we were shrimping because we had special permits that we could keep, you know, smaller, smaller sizes of the species, you know, tropicals and such. R.I.P. Rupert. R.I.P. <laughs> Rupert. Well, Rupert, so Rupert started out in the fish tank and we made a little, um, uh, who made it? Uh, Charles Porter made a little uh, popsicle stick pallet, like a makeshift pallet. And he put a little float on it, put a little anchor on the bottom and he floated it up in the tank. So it was always at the surface. And sure enough, Rupert, he'd sit there right with the thing. He'd float like a triple tail does. You know, naturals can be in the water. You see him floating on debris and stuff. Um, And yeah, we power fed that thing. We fed him so many pieces of shrimp every day we could. I mean, it was like literally coming out of his gills. He was so fat and so full all the time. So happy. So happy. He grew, he grew probably four inches in that tank. And we ended up giving him to uh, Worldwide Sportsman, the Bass Pro Shops down That's here in That's incredible. Alamada. I didn't know and that. And yeah, he was in the tank. Um, he was in the tank for almost a year, but he jumped out twice. So he would get right up to the glass and he jumped would out. Leap. I'm picturing like Finding Nemo so, right now. Yeah, kind <laughs> of. Escape plans. Sort of, yeah. I mean, like, so two different, two, di- two different occurrences where 
somebody came into the store first thing in the morning and the, the triple tail was laying on the on They're the, like, on the it, brick Rupert, floor not again like, laying there like he jumped out of the tank you know half you know half half dead and uh yeah after the second time he got all beat up and everything decided it was time to let him go oh my gosh yeah pretty cool okay so we're talking about marine studies tell us what marine studies is we are born bred keys kids from isla Murata. Tell everyone what marine studies is. We just heard about our tanks, you know, but there was a lot of fish collecting and how were we graded? I will say that it was one of the only classes that I really like to attend. <laughs> and, <laughs> one of the only. <laughs> one of the only. But yeah, no, it was uh, Mr. Makebeast was, was my teacher, our teacher. And I think the three of us, me, Mike, and Drew, were all in the same group. Yeah. And For uh, one of the years we were. Yeah. Did a lot of monofilament collecting. Yep. And... Um, so the monofilament collecting, I'll touch on that. That's a, there are PVC tubes that are placed around with all the marinas um, to recycle and dispose of the monofilament. So when they get full, we'd go and collect them. What we did twice a week or something like that. Yeah, I'm sure people people see those, you know, at bridges and you know marinas and stuff. And then Drew, we were also graded on fish collecting, were we not? We absolutely were, and uh, some fish we definitely collected, but we also collected shellfish. Ooh, the lobster. That's right. Didn't you take your shirt off and grab a lobster one time? Uh, this is definitely not false. Uh, <laughs> so we were coming in from a uh, marine studies assignment one day, and uh, James's wife now, Annie, she spotted this lobster on what happened to be Mike V's um, dock one afternoon, and she this said, "This is during school hours. We're getting graded for this. Yes, everyone. This was. This is during... why we're highly intelligent." <laughs> During school hours, which was amazing. Um, however, I was like, oh, my God, that lobster is really big. We got to find a way to catch that thing. And so, yes, I took my shirt off. It was climbing up this wall. And it looked at me and said, I want you to capture me. <laughs> <laughs> climbing up the sea wall. And I said, so, heard it speak to you. so capture you, I shall. <laughs> and so I took my shirt off and I, uh, I grabbed that sucker as hard as I could. And I ripped that thing in the boat. Every one of you guys were like, you're not going to grab ecstatic. that. There's no way <laughs> you're going to get it. it. That it thing awesome. is just going to snake away from you in a second. And when I got that thing and I put it in the boat, I'd never been happier in my life. Probably I was like, a million bucks. got you, sucker. <laughs> so that yeah. was definitely a moment. The best thing moment. is that we put it in the live well, took it back to class, put it in a fish tank. We had one empty fish tank in the classroom. And we're like, oh, this will be perfect. We'll put this, you know, it's like a two-pound lobster right in the fish tank. It was a, yeah. I think it was a Friday. Mm. And then <laughs> get there on Monday morning, excited as can be to see yeah. our giant lobster. And it wasn't there. And we're like, what yeah. the heck? Where did our lobster go? It was go? like a, like a Major like, League Baseball player no, in the like, 90s. We're like, like, like we're going to pump it with food where? and steroids and see how big yeah, it can exactly. get. <laughs> Mr. Makebeast, where did the lobster go that we put in the empty tank? Well, the thing is, guys, <laughs> that thing tasted really good. He was, he was rubbing his belly. <laughs> so yeah. he, was, ate it. he did not he look so me happy. in the eye. He knew I caught that lobster, and he would not look me in the eye for the you. rest of the entire year. And I got an A for some odd reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I guarantee you he's never had a student catch a lobster like that for him. In all his years working at that school, that was a, that was a one-time deal. He saw his moment. I, he I, took still, I still don't care. Lobster. I'm still mad about it. Oh, my gosh. Still mad about it. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to allow <laughs> listeners to really visualize the way that we grew up. You know, the four of us here, we grew up in Isla Mirada, Florida. We were fortunate enough to grow up in the Florida Keys. We have multi-generational families that were here. And 
it's so hard to describe what our day-to-day life is. You know, we're sitting here laughing about this. We went fish collecting for a grade. That is unheard of. We are the luckiest, you know, people, in my opinion, ever to have that opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And I think that it shaped every part of what you three are doing right now, which is really monumental. And it's it sets you apart from the rest. And we're sitting here today right now recording this on the Yabba Dabba Do, which anyone who's listened to the podcast knows a lot of really fun stories about this boat. And there's a lot of history there. It was the boat that my dad said I couldn't fish that tournament on because the attendance lady was going to know I'm not sick and we were going to win. And we ended up winning. And of course, she was like, cool, Lexi, cool dentist appointment. Yeah. So lots of good stuff. So, James, I want you to take the lead with this. If this sport fish could talk, oh, my God, you know, tell everybody how you came to own this charter business. It's a, uh, it's a pretty long story, but welcome aboard. <laughs> That's the AC you hear in the background, y'all. Yeah. We do this but, authentically. Yeah, so my father-in-law, Steve Leopold, ran this boat for, uh, I think it's 23 years. I think he started in 97. And um, he ended up, you know, he hired me when I was 18 years old. I was, this was like my first job on this boat, which was awesome. And uh Come to find out, he actually just hired me, so he keep an eye on me. <laughs> dating his daughter. Yeah, dating his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be at the daughter. boat at 5 yeah. a.m., and oh, you're yeah. scrubbing the boat till 6. Kept tabs on me. Yeah, I worked Kept on here for, uh, That's for sure. I I what a genius. On, worked on here for just under a year. but um, <laughs> Just under a year. Just under a year, yeah. No, you know, I ended up getting hired um, on a private boat up in Ocean Reef, which stayed doing the private boat thing for 10 years, I guess. And then wanting to get out of the private boat thing, um, looking on Boat Trader, looking on Boat Trader, looking, you know, I really wanted a charter boat, wanted to just be able to stay home at night, and uh, you just so happen to be at my house, <laughs> which is crazy, and you're just like, hey, you know, the Yabba Dabba Doo, I think, is for sale again. You know, the guy, he texted you or whatever, asking for pictures. It wasn't even on the market. You sold the boat, yeah. Yeah. You sold the boat, and, um, you know, he asked you for the pictures or whatever, and I was just like, Here's my shot. This is my favorite boat of all time. It's, yeah, it's a great boat. And um, the look on your face when I told yeah, you, like, like we're sitting there having dinner casually, and you just your eyes lit up. Yep. The, I felt like the nostalgia in the room, and you just were like, I could just see that you were just like, this is like this is meant to be. Yeah, no, it was fate. It was, some, I think it was fate. Somehow, don't you? It did. Yeah, it was fate. It, uh, and you guys heard about this. Yeah. Annie, where's the checkbook? <laughs> I don't know. No. It, wasn't, it yeah. wasn't that easy. No, I had to, uh, I had to uh, call a lot of banks and, you know. Draw some blood, beg, submit yeah. it. Make it happen. Beg, hey, you beg, made it happen, beg, though, man. You made it happen. You were so determined. One bank uh, took, a, took a chance on me and gave me some money, and, and luckily yeah. the old owner of this boat, you know, the um, guy named Tony, he, uh, he had, we went on a, a sea trial. I went up there to... Uh, you know, the first time just to check the boat out, told him I wanted it. We got in from a sea trial and there was somebody waiting with a deposit of $25,000 cash. In front of in, you? In a, in a bag. He wanted the boat. Oh my gosh. And, um, you know, he, the guy, you know, took my word for it and he was just like, nope, James is going to buy it. I love that the seller like gave you the chance because yep. you came first. And also, in my opinion, it's because of the memory behind this boat. Like James said. Did he know, did the, did the, did the guy selling the boat, did he know the history of James yes. with the boat yes. he did, didn't he? I think okay. in his heart yeah, yeah. that That's he cool. chose James That's over really everyone. Cool. Don't you think that it was kind of so, like yeah. he That's wanted really James cool. to own this boat? Yeah. Because who we're talking about, Annie, James's wife, has been my best friend since I was, 
I don't even know how young. You know, she caught her first sailfish on yep. this boat. Her, her sister. sister There's so yeah. This boat is legendary to her family. Cartwheels, you know, being five years old, right there in the. In the and swamp, now, yeah. who is running around the now, cockpit? Now my son Ben. Yeah. So Annie and James's yeah. little boy. How many months is he? He is uh, 13 months. So Ed, that's my like most favorite thing when we walked on the dock and see that next generation come. So we're going on three generations now yeah. on this boat. That's really special. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool seeing the pictures. Yeah, just James you know, is playing it cool, but he's a total sucker for his little boy. <laughs> <laughs> that is your oh, best yeah. friend. He's, yeah, yeah. And he is so fishy. Oh yeah. He, oh my uh, gosh. He helps us bag fish every day when we get in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Clean he's very fish. active. He, lo he loves dock. feeding the nurse sharks and the tarpon here. And Yes, and there's shades on the windows right now and a sign on the door because why? <laughs> yeah, too many people around here. <laughs> We're in Postcard in Marina, which is formerly known as Holiday Owl before it was bought out. And it's just, I want you guys to speak to the camaraderie in the dock is the fact that like Key's Life, like someone's going to walk in and say, hey, and talk about what they caught today, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to see all of our Absolutely. cars in the parking lot. and <laughs> Oh, look, they're on the boat. There they are. Yeah, Go get there, them. There's nine people on here doing something. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We're going to go over there. These got to have beers on there. They went in. Yes. Action brings action. Right? Say. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so that speaks to like, there's, there's plenty of people to pick on a charter, meaning that you walk down the dock. There is so many charter fishermen to choose from. This is, you know. A widespread community especially for that and I want to dive in on each of you here today what you specialize in and why I'm so passionate that someone knows about what you specialize in and what you bring to the table that is so different from the rest of everybody so let's start with you Mike I know you have an 18-foot action craft you do we'll everything start with the smallest boat <laughs> yeah there you go that works it works. Oh gosh yeah. uh, you do everything from backcountry tarpon fishing Everglades scenic tours you know you know, literally everything. And you even have clients nice enough to start your boat for you, right? Ooh, that's, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> What's Touchy the story subject? there? Touchy? That ha Is yeah, it? that he happened one time. He mentioned this last night at dinner and I haven't heard the story. I need yeah, to hear it. Yeah, we, we were gonna save that for now. So this was, it was an evening. So we do trips in the morning and in, in the springtime for tarpon fishing, we do trips in the evening. So it's generally uh, early season. It's about a 4 p.m. start. Late season, it's a 4:30 start, and we go till 8, 8, 8 or 8:30 p.m. Anyways, there was uh, six guys. They come walking down the dock. Well, more or less prancing and jumping around and hooting and hollering, and I mean, there's all kinds of commotion going on. And I look up, you know, they come walking down the dock, and I was like, uh oh, these are my people. <laughs> You're with I'm me. I'm like, <laughs> this, oh, you know, it's it's 3:45, you know, in the afternoon. I'm getting ready to go on this four o'clock trip. And uh, the guys show up, and there's six guys, three girls, and two other guys. And the three girls are hooting and hollering and screaming and yelling, and, and all this commotion's going on. And I don't know what's what. Are they the customers? Are they, are they coming fishing? Are the guys coming fishing? Like, what's the deal? I didn't book the trip. The trip came from my marina, from Bud Mary's. And uh, three guys, you know, it was a two-boat deal, uh, myself and Max Gaspany. He's my neighbor in the slips there. And uh, the guys, you know, get ready to get on the boat. And I said, all right, you know, come on down, you know, walk down the pier and grab a hold of this rope. We have a rope hanging from, you know, our slip to basically help you on and off the boat. And it's, it's one way on and one way off. It's very simple. And I said, hey, Johnny, you know, grab a hold of the rope, climb on in, you know, and uh, totally ignored what I said. He grabs the lift rope, which is not stable. It's tied to the ceiling instead of the, the two by 12 that runs along the side of the boat. And uh, 
grabs it, trips, falls into the boat, knocks the cooler over. There's ice, there's drinks, there's water everywhere, and he's, he's mumbling and stumbling and grumbling. And I'm like, really? I was like, did you really just fall into the boat? Oh man, I'm fine, I'm fine. He flips the cooler back over and he's First scraping ice <laughs> and he's throwing ice back in there and he's trying to pile the drinks back in and I'm just, I'm standing there and I am shaking my head. I'm like, really? Okay, well, if maybe that was the worst part of this triplet. We got it over with and all right guys, let's go ahead and get in the boat. Meanwhile, they're hooting and hollering and screaming and yelling. I had to politely ask them, hey guys, listen, you know, please take it down a notch. Turns out these guys have been at the bar all day. Oh, you think? <laughs> I mean, it was very obvious a few minutes in. I was like, okay, this is what we're getting ourselves into. So I get the other two guys into the boat. Meanwhile, they, they they brought some more beer, which they didn't need, but okay, they put it in the cooler. We got everything situated. And I was like, all right, guys, listen, I need to go grab one more thing. I'm just going to run to my truck. Please stay here, sit down, you know, be patient. I'll be back just a few Keep minutes. Keep your hands and feet and in the we'll get going. So, so I climb take off the take boat. Take a nap, maybe. I should have <laughs> right. I, I never, I I never walked away. I did. I came back. And the one guy is standing behind the wheel. And he's jumping up and down. He's got his arms up and he's yelling, come on, boys, let's go and get this party started. Got the engine running. We're ready to rock and roll. Come on, baby. Let's go catch a tarpon. <laughs> and I literally, I walk up and I see, I, I can see the, the, the stream of water coming out of the, the outlet for the motor and I can tell it's on and I hear it and I'm like, this guy really started my boat. Oh my God. I jumped down in the boat, literally elbow the guy and I told him, sir, sit down until I tell you to get up. <laughs> Okay, boys, we're going to have to have a conversation right now. I said, all of these instruments on this dash are mine. This is my boat. You guys are welcome to it. You're around here. You're in the boat, obviously. I said, but all of this, these, this is mine. Please do not touch. That will not happen again. This is my pinky. My, <laughs> my pink foot. This is my pink foot. That's right. That was back when she had the old Yamaha on the back. Anyways, so these guys... <laughs> These guys, it gets better. It gets better. So these guys, you know, they take it down a notch. Meanwhile, Max next to me has three more of these guys, right? And they, they're all the same, you know, cut from the same cloth. They've all been at the bar together. So you're not in this alone. He's dealing with it too. So he's dealing with it too. So, so, so I'm like, all right, you know, I, I he probably took his key against my better, against, <laughs> against my better judgment. I said, all right, I untie the lines and crank up the motor. You know, I cranked it up this time. You know, it wasn't the guy next to me. And I back out of the slip and I thought to myself, well, let's just pick a close spot, you know, stay close in case something happens. So we get to the first location and I said, all right, guys, we're going to do some bottom fishing. We're going to, you know, we're going to put our baits out there and we're going to be patient. We're going to let them sit on the bottom, please. I'm going to, I'm going to aid you in casting them out and we're going to leave them out there. Just let them sit. You get a bite. You're going to know it. it's going to be a big fish. So, all right, cap. Yeah, great. All right. Yeah. They're excited. I hand him a rod. First thing the one guy does next to me, he starts reeling it in and he's jigging it. And he's reeling and he's jigging and he gets all the way to the lead and he goes, Hey cap, there's no fish here. <laughs> and I said, bro, it's been in the water for all of 20 seconds and you just reeled it all the way in. I'm like, I said, we're not striper fishing. I said, we're, 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 we're tarpon fishing. We let them sit. Let just let them sit. So we cast it out a couple more times and they kept reeling them in. Well, the one guy who fell into the cooler and knocked it over, he's standing at the back of the boat after two times being asked to not stand at the back of the boat. And he's almost fell in the water. He's grabbing on the platform and he's like leaning off the side. I mean, ass over tea kettle, just like getting ready to fall in the water. I took the rod away from him and I was like, all right, listen, one thing, you're not allowed to touch a rod until we get a fish on it. And two, don't drink any more beers. If you drink another beer, we're going home. <laughs> all right, Cap. All right. So try to redeploy. 
They're reeling them. They're jigging them. They're reeling them. They're jigging them. They're telling me there's no fish here. I was like, all right. So I grab the rods. I take it away from them, and I cast them both out, set them the rod horns. I said, all right, listen, this is how we're going to do it. Be patient. Sit at the front. Wait till we get a bite. And uh, a few minutes of silence goes on, and I had my back to him, and I was staring off the back of the boat just thinking, what did I get myself into? And I hear the one guy chime up, and he says, hey, hey, Cap. He says, are we all right? He says, I feel a little tension here. And I said, tension? I turned around and I said, no, we're not all right. I said, you guys aren't listening. I said, he about fell in the water three times. I said, you guys are reeling him and jigging him. I said, you're not listening to anything I have to say. I said, you, you're, you guys are intoxicated. You're drunk. I'm the only sober one here. I'm responsible for you. Please, please calm down and start listening to what I have to say. All right, Cap, I, I think we can do that. <laughs> I think we need to take it down a notch. And I was like, yeah, you do. Let me ask you for a second. I'm just going to stop you just for two seconds. You ever ask people straight in the eye and say, hey, you guys want to come out here for an eco tour or would you like to catch some fish? You know, that would have been a very appropriate moment to <laughs> hit, that's, hit that's, him with that That's line. at the point where I'm at. You know what I mean? It was, it, I still laugh about it, um, but it, it was, it was, it was a scary situation because now I'm out there and I got these guys and I'm thinking you're outnumbered. to myself, I'm like, yeah, I'm outnumbered. I'm like, well, your eyes have to be everywhere. Well, I told they're them. strong. They're from New York. Well, yeah. and I, mean, to fight. I was I mean, trying to figure out what that accent was. Is that what that was? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I, I so. didn't know which one. Brooklyn, what so you were doing there. I did. We weren't going to say New York. I did tell like them. Brooklyn. I said, I said, boys, what I say out here is law. Mm-hmm. You don't like it. We're going home. Remind people why that is. It's because like, obviously we sound very rigid right now. It's not. It's because you guys have 99% of incredible days if someone just leans on you for what they hired you for. Can you guys speak to that? And like when somebody comes and really leans into you and your advice, talk to me about the benefits and how that goes so well. Oh, there, there's nothing better. And, and, and I, I always say this and I will continue to say this. Um, it's a very easy saying, don't guide the guide. So in the opposite of that, if you listen to your guide and you have a positive attitude, glorious things can happen on the water. Things can happen that you just, you never even imagined seeing or happening in front of you. You know, I mean, we're out there, we're out there to have fun. We're out there to see awesome things. We're out there to catch fish. So working as a team and being positive together. And I mean, I'm, I'm here to be your guide. I'm here to help you along the way, but I'm also here to teach you how to be a better fisherman. And how to stay in the boat and not and, not and how to stay in. in the boat and not knock the cool <laughs> rover. Staying in the boat's important. Yeah. Yeah. Staying in the boat's a don't, little, don't, little don't drink a dozen long a long island iced teas before you come down to take a charter yeah, with me. Yeah, just like five. Have a good time, that. you know? Yeah, I mean, a couple cocktails is no big deal. But. I'm, I'm glad you brought oh. reality to let you hear what actually what y'all see for real on it on, on day to day. It's kind of funny. Yeah. But there's also, there's just as many awesome stories well for that's the funny the, ones. that's the one percent the yes. 99 percent of times and i'm sure these yes. both of these guys I've can had, speak on uh, that yeah i've had two trips now just like that but every other one is is great for yeah. sure yeah. yes i mean you get the guys who get on the boat and they're just you just know right away <laughs> oh yeah it's like oh. you're like oh we're gonna have one of those kinds of days yes jack <laughs> buckle your seatbelt buddy i that's hear the island hump is pretty good when you put some squids out maybe those five pound tunas will be biting okay drew let's jump into your operation you have a 22 foot pathfinder you specialize in all types of things but really you love to snook and turpin fish and you know, you said your favorite thing is to take families for their first time in Isla Mirada and really just share that passion and 
What I love about Drew is how patient he is with his people. I think you communicate extremely well. And I think you take the time to get to know families really well and relate to them and make them comfortable. But it, I know that it wasn't always smooth sailing on the water because from a young age, last night you mentioned at dinner, you said that one of your first solo trips, because we already talked about this, that we're all multi-generational Keys kids. We started on the water. Like, guys, let's talk what age we start. Ten. Eight. Earlier than that. <laughs> right? Seven. Uh, well, on our own, yeah. Right. So I'm trying but to give people a visual of what at, I'm about to talk about. Like, I would say I started on my own legitimately at 12 years old, learning Florida Bay, having a map to myself, learning the GPS. Chart. Yes. Or not the GPS, I'm sorry. The, um, the chart. The compass and <laughs> oh, the charts. Oh, wow, yeah. And well, 12 was when you could get a boater's license. That was the that was yeah. the age cut off back then. Yes, yeah, it's exactly. gone on since then. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, with Bobber. Yeah, that's right. That's it. I remember the online course. You had a, you know, when I got a cell phone, I was 12 years old. And within cell phone range was before Twisty Mile. And Twisty Mile's about 15 miles into the backcountry. And that was the boundary as to where I was able to go. And I started to make a mental picture in my head as to what the islands looked like and to be able to name them based on their names. All these islands in Florida Bay, they have their names and they have their characteristics that are almost similar to everyone, but just a little bit different. And that's what really triggered me to want to be a fishing guide was that it was so hard to navigate the area that you needed somebody to take you back there if you wanted to explore and learn, see the dolphins, see the manatees, see the ospreys, see the snappers, the snook, redfish, tarpon, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but what really brings me joy more than anything is taking a family that's never been to the Florida Keys before. Let's say they've you know, show up to Isla Mirada for their first time and they say, we want to learn the backcountry. We have been offshore, we get seasick, or we don't even know. Maybe we do get seasick, maybe we don't. Um, but I guarantee that you will never get seasick in Florida Bay. No. That's the beauty of it. And you will also see things that you've never seen before because you're entranced in this national park that has the dolphins, the manatees, all different kinds of birds and wildlife and yet at the same time you're able to catch fish even when you are a novice when you have no experience whatsoever and i'm here to guide people that have never fished in their entire life but also the people that are very well versed in fishing you know if you want to snook a tarpon fish great i'll take you as well but for the most part my trips are specifically the three and four people kind of trips where they say I've never been fishing before or I went fishing offshore one time and I got so seasick I don't want to do it again it was miserable mm -hmm. and they come into the backcountry with me and we catch fish for dinner which are probably mangrove snappers trout sometimes triple tail things like that and I teach you about Florida Bay I teach you the ins and outs from beginning to end of casting and learning those things that will make you a fisherman, a yeah. true fisherman, you know? You'll leave with some serious knowledge and being able to come back and do it again and enjoy it in a whole different way. Yeah, and you'll, you'll be able to have it 
be rewarding for you because you, you know, you're doing it all on your own. And that's the thing is like, there are all different kinds of fishing in this world. And like, one thing that I try to preach to my people is like, I want you to learn it. I want you to practice casting. I want you from start to finish to bait your own hook. I want you to cast your own line. I want you to be keen to see what I'm seeing, to understand that like there's little dips, there's little drop-offs, there's little mangrove shorelines where the fish are gonna hang. And it's just, it seems to me so much more rewarding when someone is able to do it for themselves, start to finish. Yes, I mean, I'm not gonna ask you to cast a cast net, you know? <laughs> Get to Maybe work. Maybe if you want to, you wanna put yeah, that lead I mean, in your mouth shop and over here. cast net, you know what I mean? That's cool too, but like hey, I just- I had, I had a kid the other day, he wanted to pull the anchor, and my mate was- What'd you say? My, I'm sure he was thrilled. Yeah, it was a you know, 16, 17 year old kid, and he's like, hey, uh, he's like, uh, can I pull the anchor? And my mate, just like his eyes were like, boom. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Just you absolutely. Can no, no, you know, we took That's the safety really precautions. Cool. It was a little bumpy, and I was just like, no, I mean, he was a strong kid. And I was like, yeah, climb up there. Like, Jack will follow you. Climb up there, and, you know. And that's a big deal because yeah. tell Dude, everyone how long and, how, and your, the make of your boat, the Yabba Dabba that we're on right now. Uh, this is a 43 Torres. Really built, cool boat. Built in Key West. Yes. Amazing. Uh, amazing unique boat we fish on a lot of boats all around the She's world She's fishing and um <laughs> I, I, I love this thing it's, yeah it's oh my god such a beast it's, uh, but it's okay. drew it wasn't you're the guru now but there were some tears back there at some time you gonna tell us that story there there's that part <laughs> trust me <laughs> you see me. how he skipped right over that there's yes, been blood yeah. i dwelled on the story and i didn't quite get to my there has been sweat there has been tears yeah. and the tears happen to come a little bit quicker than the <laughs> blood and sweat unfortunately <laughs> but uh yeah so i was in seventh grade um my father did a a big part in teaching me florida bay which i'm so grateful for and kind of chapter one of drew nobregas was my father Tony Nobregas, he was a guide, uh, Papa Joe's from 1978 to 2001, and An to speed up, living legend. He, he's a he's Tony's a guy. Man. He's a good Tony's dude. A man. Um, and you know he taught me the way that I feel like was righteous. You know, it was the way to learn the backcountry. Mike learned the backcountry very similar in the way that I did. You know, he did it trial and error, and. Yep. It's uh, it's very rewarding to know that, you know, you have these mentors, you know, you need a mentor before you before there was GPS more more than one for sure. You know, you You have pieces from different guides and friends and yeah, you know, I mean, we can't do it ourselves. Nobody. There's no way that that's it's it's one of the greatest things that I I think that I found in this business and and being a part of the backcountry. It's a it's a completely different world. One I wanted Mm -hmm. to touch on. It is the most beautiful place you could ever go to via boat. It I is agree. it is more really unique. Is. It is it is so unique in a way that is it's like nowhere else. Yep. James is over exists. here like, but have you seen a sailfish do a free it's, jump? No, it's not. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm you know, we don't ever want to take away. James knows it too. Don't get me wrong. I, James no, knows I mean, a little bit. My wife has been pushing me for uh, the last like year and a half. She's like, can we just book a trip? With like one of these guys, I know what they're doing in the backcountry because like I grew up, you know, I fish back there occasionally. Mm-hmm. But it's like you know, very like, you know, business charge. Exactly. <laughs> She's like, no, exactly. She's like, I just want to go, like, 
you know, have have my son Ben be like have you know grandma Tranquil. babysit him. Yeah. No, yeah. like babysit him, and just like me and you go at seven in the morning, and like, can we please go with you know Drew or Mike or somebody, and just go back there yeah. and like spend a day. Because we go off, you know, we do yellowtailing and stuff on this. Bit, Everyone listening, that's why he married her. She's so, that girl. She's the girl she just, that says, can we just go fishing? She's like, I just want to go. I just want to go fishing back there. But like we have a small, you know, I have a small boat. And, but for me to like on a Saturday morning and we fish all the time. And it's just like. Because you're always catching like, oh, yeah, let me go. Head. Let me go get some shrimp and load you on the boat and uh, yeah. do it all. But like I would love to just. <laughs> Charter Drew, you really I think keep evading the <laughs> yeah, crying story. Should. Have we all agreed? He keeps evading the crying story. The, uh, yeah, 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 sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. can you get all to right. the part okay, where you Get to it. All right. We all want to hear how you cried. <sighs> Jeez. All right. Go time. Um, so, yeah, so I was about 13 years old. I had a Nokia Go phone at the time. And I believe I had a cell phone around the age of 12. And I had been exploring the backcountry for about six months now. And I was at the point where I was like, okay, we're going to the Cape. And those people that know the Cape. When we were young, pe- that people was a that long don't know way the Cape, it's, it's 30, it's 30, some, 30, 32 miles, depending on which corner you choose. Thank you for you saying that. It's 30 miles That's away. That's a hike. It's, it's an hour so I'm not in a fast that, boat. It's yeah. an hour to an hour and 30 minutes away. It's a lot. There's I'm not a lot saying of area we're between old, here and there. but I think we're in that. You know, we're all um, almost almost thirty. I don't want to mm-hmm. say the, the yeah. thirty word, but <laughs> I will scary? say when we were fifteen years old. You know, that was fifteen years ago. Yeah, and um, I think that was like the in place. today's age, that was like in, the in today's place. age. You know, kids who are fifteen right now, they got boats that you know, you got the uh, you, GPS, four strokes, side scan, it's, everything. To you name to, it. To oh, go, point and shoot. To they leave just, from yeah. here to go to to Middle yeah. Cape is it's. That's not a big deal. But yeah. back then we had, yeah. you know, the it old 92-stroke, 92-stroke. On a flip phone that has yeah. no service. Yeah. yeah. A 92-stroke, three-cylinder, mm-hmm. and the this, thing just, yeah. if you didn't put oil in it, the thing wouldn't get you home. This nope. this phone was nineteen ninety nine from Kmart. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, my dad uh, actually bought me this boat. It was a 15-foot Maverick. It was the number one hull HPXV 15-foot Maverick. And it had a 40 Yamaha four-stroke, and I believe it was 2004 when those Yama, those four-strokes mm-hmm. came out. Yeah. We didn't that have something the first, like that. We didn't have four-strokes. Drew had. Yeah, no, no. no. And well, James that, had so, a way faster boat than me. Don't even so be, start. No. Are we getting to me crying fast. or not? Yes. Okay. Okay, go oh my ahead. God. Who doesn't like a story about a man crying? So uh, so I, I get all the way to the shoreline of the Cape. 32 miles away. <laughs> My friend Jake Turek and I, who is also a guide at Bud and Mary's with Mike, uh, we start pulling this flat and we are catching redfish and snook on fly and it was an incredible day. I mean, picturesque, you know, one of those days in Flamingo that we used to have where you wouldn't see another boat and it was flat calm. Just an amazing day. And so around three, four o'clock, we start getting ballsy enough to where we're like, all right, we're going to make our way to Lake Ingram. The place, the place where the big boys live. (laughs) And so we start making our way. We get to East Cape and we're like, oh, it looks good. Maybe we'll stop. Nope, nope, nope. Let's just keep on going because the further you go, the bigger the fish get to what I hear. (laughs) So uh, we make our way through Lake Ingram and we're like, we're going to Middle Cape because I hear the snook are big. 
So we uh, get about halfway through Lake Ingram and my engine just starts making this sound and it is not good. And it just like slows down on its own while I'm trying to go full throttle. And is that the four stroke? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a, that 40 Yamaha four stroke, man. Giving her all and, she had. Uh, and so I, I, I grab, I put it in neutral, turn it off, take that water separator out and all I see is just water. All I will say being 14 years old, knowing how to do that. Pretty impressive. impressive. I mean, that's just what. So, so yeah. my boat sat on a trailer for a long time. And my dad always told me, he said, if you don't fill the boat up, it's, it, it's susceptible to having water in it. And so Smart that guy. was one thing that was a, a pro tip from my father, which I'm very pro grateful tip, for. Keep the tank full at all times. Yeah. And especially during storage. No, but seriously. Yeah. For all the listeners. Thanks, Pinky. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your boat full. You're, you're right. You're absolutely yeah, right. It makes a huge and, difference. And uh, I'm glad I learned that at a young age because, so I was in the middle of Lake Ingram. Lexi would love for me to keep on telling this story because I haven't got to the crying yet. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so I get in the middle of Lake Ingram, 34, 35 miles away. I have this Nokia Go phone and my engine is shot. I know it is. I know it's just gone. And it's four o'clock in the afternoon. I am in the middle of Everglades National Park at 13 years old with my friend Jake. And when I knew that- <laughs> It's a good that thing the, you were the Jake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For those people who don't know our friend Jake. That's another but, story. Yeah. <laughs> so the engine shuts off. The engine will not crank whatsoever. And I drop to my knees and just start absolutely bawling crying. <laughs> What are we gonna do? Oh man, I'm so screwed. I'm not allowed to use curse words yet, so I'm just saying everything I can that's not a curse word that still makes me feel angry. And so he looks at me and he goes, well, crying ain't gonna do nothing. The hell's the matter with you? What do you think's gonna get us out here? Or get us back home. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna get us back home. It's like, see if you can get cell phone service on your phone. And if you can't, then what are you gonna do by crying? <laughs> I, uh, nothing. I guess. Just take the push pole and just start pushing. Start pushing. No. Just start pushing. Yeah. Well, how about this? We got a couple of shrimps in the live. Well, let's just start fishing. <laughs> What a keys response, right? So, I, don't, I mean, yeah. Is it a keys response or a Jake response? I don't know which one, right? Yeah. I, I'm just, Jake, yeah. I'm hey, just like. When I'm, you're in a hard spot, just got three shrimp, just throw a line out. I'm just like, Might as well catch something. I, I'm like, I'm like, I, I, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. So I get up on the polling platform. Jake throws a live shrimp with a jig head into the middle of Lake Ingram Canal. And I finally get one bar of service. I call my dad. He answers the phone. I couldn't believe it. Were your tears the water and the gas? Dad. <laughs> yeah. dad, dad, I'm stranded out in Lake Ingram. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm so sorry. I went way further than you told me I was allowed to. But what's going to happen? Is Are you going to come get me? Are you crying now? I am. And he goes, he goes, uh... He goes, let me call a mechanic real quick, and then I'll call you back and see if there's something you can do. I said, Dad, 
It's not one of those call a mechanic and call you back things. It's one of those, hey, I finally got a bar of this service. This is a search and rescue mission. <laughs> this is way. a search and rescue mission. You come get me or I'm going to die by getting eaten by the mosquitoes right now. Come get me. And he's like, all right. mosquitoes in Lake Ingram? He goes, huge. miniature hummingbirds. He, he goes, all right. If you don't answer when I call, I'm coming to get you. And I'm like, all right. It's 4.15 by now. My dad uh, was so pissed. <laughs> so pissed he wasn't he wasn't sad or upset at all for me he was extremely angry and uh so i never got a call back because i lost service and meanwhile we're sitting in lake ingram throwing shrimp on the bottom we catch a 27 pound black drum wow biggest black drum i've ever caught i mean you better do something for that story within 10 minutes of jake saying hey let's throw a shrimp out there and I was I was just more pissed at him than anything. Everyone because needs to be you cry or put a bait out or fish. Yeah. Put a bait out. Why not? Put a bait out. Yeah, that should be a shirt. Are you gonna cry or fish? Somebody will be there yeah. in the morning at least. You would I think. Was, I was so mad. At least you got to make it all the way to the Kingroom. When I was a kid, that old, and I was allowed to go on the boat. My dad drew a square. Well, it was more like a rectangle on the chart, and he's like, "Do not go outside this box mm-hmm. because if you do, I'm not gonna be able to find you." Yeah, your daddy was mean. I remember your daddy. <laughs> So I, I sure enough, dude, I rode around with my life jacket on, the kill switch clipped to me. And man, if I didn't get pulled over every time I was out there, absolutely. And by the time that officer could ask me my name or what I was doing, I already had everything all laid out on the deck, ready to hand him the paperwork. Here you go, sir. Yeah. He's like, oh, you've been through this before. I'm like, yep, every time I'm out here. I had a little different uh, situation (laughs) situation with the, with the law. (laughs) <laughs> Officer Sanchez, shout out to how many times oh, you pulled Sanchez. us over in Jason's boat. Let's I think he's a good man. Let's hope he I doesn't listen to this podcast. He's a good boat, man, though, even if he's listening. His boat was magnetized to I your boat. I apologize to him. Not you did nothing long wrong. You're a great captain, and <laughs> he just wanted to make sure you always had your flares um, not expired, you know? Yeah, like but seriously, okay, walk us through. We're talking about two kind of similar backcountry guides, but you guys both specialize in different things. And then we have James, the offshore guy. Talk to me right now about what month is best for what species. For people listening right now, I want to book a charter. I want to go fishing. I don't quite know what I want to catch. I don't know what's best for my family or my friends on what month for whatever trip I am. Walk me through. Let's start with James. What is the best months for your offshore species? Depending on what you want to catch. Um, yes. Winter time, we call that like our sailfish season. So starting November 1st, you could say. Yeah, you, you know, you got a pretty good chance seeing a sale, you know, a few, um, all the way through March. Did you of catch March. a couple sales the other day? Well, we caught, yeah, but this is isn't this, that cool though? It's a whole different situation. Yeah, fun fact: condi- James a, caught a couple sales like a, a couple days ago. Showed so up here pretty and down awesome. in July, which nobody catches tailing sailfish yeah. in July. Late but, season, yeah. Agreed. So just yeah, fun, yeah, cool we had two story. Days, we caught three James. a couple days ago. I needed to give you two, a shout out there. That caught, was pretty cool. Yeah, You're flying the, sailfish the flags. Day. This it is the cool. things that happen on the Abu Dhabi do when you book James no, it was, Hagen. Uh, it, was, it was special. It's cool. You know, you just, that condition's cool to see. You, you ride around and turn into the wind. Okay, so November to what is sailfish season that you would November, like? November, I would say to, you know, middle of March. Okay. And, um, you know, a lot of times we kind of go for the, the dinner and a show. You know, start out in the morning, anchor down, you know, try to catch yellowtail snappers, which are 
delicious, you know. Absolutely. If you know what that is. Especially <laughs> the way you cook them. James is a master chef, in my opinion. Hmm? I don't I don't cook for my customers, but... <laughs> <laughs> we do for us. We appreciate it. <laughs> no, but Lazy Days does a great job down the road. <laughs> oh, no, you know, you anchor down in the morning, catch yellowtails, and then catch bait while you're doing that, and then you go put a couple of And that's in how many feet of water? You're pretty close to shore there, right? Yellowtails anywhere from 30 feet and then you know that's a 90 feet right mm-hmm. on the edge of the reef Perfect. um there's a you know we have this i think it's the biggest barrier reef in the u.s beautiful Th- scenery you're gonna see a third, ton of tropical third fish biggest third biggest in the world how, i want to say how, um, how far from shore is the reef edge start three five four miles four miles or so from, from shore yeah, yeah. So that's it's so a close incredible ride. like we know this but what i pride myself the most in knowing like and growing up in the keys and also makes me feel like a baby sometimes when Louisiana people talk to me because they go like hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. How cool is that that we can fish? We have the best four to five miles. We're the best way for a, uh, you know, you know, you go fit. I don't want to dog any other you know state or anything, but like if you go and you want to do an offshore charter fishing trip in Louisiana, North Carolina, you know, all those places, it's it's you know questionable. They might have a better fishery than us some days, but you can't. You got to go. Louisiana, you got to go 70 miles. Hours and hours and hours. That's, that's, Y'all you, are if at you your get, spot If you long? get seasick in 30 minutes going out of the channel, like, you're done. Like, and like, <laughs> you and like Drew catch anything. spoke about, there's people that are we like, hey, a, I'm not really sure where our family's at right now. We just want to go give it a try. You have that ability to go try go out that out and, with people. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're four miles from fishing here, you know, catching Good fish. That's you know. incredible. Yeah, All right, give me a couple more species and months to book with, with James Hagen and Yab Dabadoo Charters. So our summertime start, you know, our uh, summertime, you know, dolphin fishing starts, you know, right after sail fishing. It's, it's hard to say when they really start coming through, but... Um, it's pretty easy to tell April, people when May, it's snowing June. where they are and they can come down and exactly. catch a sailfish yeah. and no. get a tan. It's actually That's pretty the best. easy. In the, in, the, in the winter, you know, it's... I love that. People leave, you know, I'm from Minnesota, but, you know, people leave Minnesota, come down here, and they get on the boat, and they're just, you know. Happy to be here. Sun's out, and they're just like, we don't care what we catch. And I'm like, well, I do, but <laughs> let's go. And they're just like, oh, we're just happy to not be frozen. Yes. <laughs> I, I think I caught my first dolphin with you, James, yeah. on the uh, on the heavens above, a big boat that his dad owned. When well, we yeah, we uh, when I was three years together. old. We moved three from, years old. No, no, that wasn't when I was three when we caught that. Like no, I'm just saying that a different story. So we're talking like about how long you've been in the Keys. Yeah, how long you a, speak the, to this culture. I'll, I guess I can go into this story. Um, three years old. My my dad's an airline pilot, and um, we. I was born in Minnesota, and my mom. My dad was out on a trip, flying, and my mom put the house for sale and didn't tell him. And uh, I think it was my neighbor. <laughs> up there i don't remember those three but my neighbor i think was like oh, i'll buy the house and my mom was like really and ended up selling it sight unseen and uh my dad got back and was just like yeah we got to be out of here in 30 days we're we're moving we're going to florida and my mom you know my mom told my dad we're going to florida and my dad's like okay he had a buddy who lived in tampa florida and uh moved down there and we he bought a trawler for all of us to live on i have an older brother four years older than me older sister eight years older and uh yeah moved on a trawler i don't know how my mom did it but raised three kids for a year and a half on a trawler 
43 foot Pearson. It's like a sailboat. Oh my God. Sailboat company, but they built a couple trawlers and um, lived in, in uh, Tierra Verde, which is like in Tampa Bay, I think. And then we came down here on vacation, went to Key West on the trawler, did our big, you know, family thing. We we're on our way back. The Hagen family expedition. Yeah. We're, my dad tells a story to me. He, he told me for the first time, like, not that long ago, maybe a year ago. And when he's like, he's like, dude, you, you wouldn't believe it. We're, we're coming back. We're going under seven mile bridge and we're on our way back to Tampa. He's like, we, it was slick, calm. We're on our way back to Tampa. You know, me and your mom were talking. We're, you know, maybe going to sell the boat, maybe move back to Minnesota. You know, we had our fun, blah, blah, blah. It was a lot of work. And then my mom just randomly was like, hey, I have a friend who lives in Isla Mirada, Florida. And my dad was like, okay. And she's like, and my dad, it was a split second decision to say like, can we go up there and just like, let's go check it out. Like I've, you know, I've heard it's really nice. And my dad, he said it was literally like coming at the head pin at Seven Mile Bridge and was like, Ah, yeah, let's go check it out. You know, my dad just probably having a rum drink. He's <laughs> like, ah, screw it, let's go. Why not? You know, let's turn right and turn right and came to Alamorada, you know, tied the boat up, uh, I think, at the KOA campground down there. Uh, yeah. Down. Was the rest history? Just yeah, behind three Channel 5. Beautiful and, blonde babies. Yeah, and they started, and yeah, they started looking for a house and we ended up finding a house and here we are. I love it. I love it. All right, boys. Backcountry guys, um, Mike and Drew, tell me months for species and where, you know, where you suggest people to give them, give me like a couple hotel suggestions and, you know, for all three of y'all in Alamrada and also what month you think is best for what, for what y'all do. So <clears throat> the big one for me is the tarpon fishing and the tarpon fishing, it's very weather dependent. As, as is a lot of the fishing in Alamrata, offshore, inshore. It's all very dependent on the conditions for that day, which is the best part, you know, the, 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 the best thing about hiring a local guide is we know what's going on. We know what's happening with the moon, the sun, the tides, the conditions. So the tarpon fishing can start um, in March, depending on the weather. If we have some late cold fronts, it might push it back a little bit. I've seen it start as early as the second week of February, different areas, um, further away from here that the fish start to show up. They're, they're migrating, they're migrating to Alamrata to go out in the ocean to spawn. March, um, can be hit and miss as we get further into the season, uh, into April, the weather gets a little more consistent, less cold fronts, more hot, sunshiny days, sunny in 75. There's lots of mullet around. We get a nice big mullet run. Um, they migrate as well. They push through here. So there's plenty of bait available. Um, that's into April. Uh, we also start doing those, those evening tarpon trips. Um, we have, that's really nice. We the have sunset and that whole really, setting. It is my, it is my favorite trip by far. Um, it's right when we get the time change, if we get the time change, um, when does it happen? Like, uh, the second week of March, sec, you know, 2018th, 19th, 20th, whatever day it is, uh, we get the time change. So we have more time in the afternoons in the late evenings. We can start those evening trips as long as we have the weather for it and it's warm and not a North breeze and a cold front. We'll get out there and go start tarpon fishing. So it starts late March all the way through April, all the way through May. The daytime fishing in May is excellent. Daytime fishing in April is excellent. The evening fishing is excellent. Usually carries into um, the second or third week of June, all tarpon. I mean, this is, it's all we do 
um, that time of year. Yeah, there's a few trips that are mixed in it, you know, we got kids or something like that and you got to just go bend a rod and, you know, you know, show them a good time, you know, whichever way, you know, you need to. Um, and then it kind of, you know, the closer fishing kind of dries up a little bit and we start venturing into the backcountry. at least, you know, for, for me, um, by the third week of June or so, I start pushing back in everybody's national park, um, June, July, and August. There's still some tarpon to be caught. Um, there's lots of other things going on. So perfect there, trips I'm hearing for spring break, for summer, for kids, yeah. both. I feel like for families, the spring break, both the, of those. The spring break trips um, are great. Uh, that time of year, I do a lot of half days. That way I can, you know, cater to many as many families as I can. Yes. Yeah, we sometimes, do the same thing offshore. You know, sometimes right. it's like, hey, Just we got half days, half days. You know, mom and dad and four kids. We got six people. Um, you know, I can, I can take up to three on my boat. Generally it's two, but if it's kids, you know, Hey mom and, and two kids or dad and two kids, whatever. Hey, great. Come on. And you know, there's lots of stuff to do, you know, small action fishing, um, close, you know, it's a, a short trip, half day, you know, with the run times in and out and everything else. It's, uh, it's really a cool time of year. We roll into, you know, the spring and then we roll through the summer, uh, the backcountry fishing, the snook, the redfish, the trout, the triple tails are floating around big Goliath groupers on those calm days. I see Drew nodding his head at me. He's Heck going, yeah. uh-huh. he's thinking about, it. he's uh, thinking the yeah, same, baby. he's thinking the same thing yeah, I'm thinking, man, yeah. those triple tails are starting mm, to flow yeah. and it's going to get no, good. No, don't worry about that. No, don't, don't worry about, about that. that. Look the other way. You didn't see that. <laughs> That's right. So you got me on that. So carrying on, um, the, the late summertime, the snook fishing, the tarpon fishing is awesome. Um, and then we come into the transitional, the, the transitional time, which is one of another one of my favorite times of year to fish. Once you get, you know, on the other side of September and you get into October, you get another mullet run. The whole month of October can be awesome. That backcountry fishing, the snook, the reds, the smaller tarpon. We're not talking about the big migrators, not talking about 150 plus pounders. We're talking, you know, 10 to 50, 60 pounders, what I call the fun size. Anybody can catch them. You don't have to be, you know, super heavy into the sport. Um, they run, they jump, they go crazy. It's awesome. Um, the weather is awesome and the birds change. That's another thing I wanted to touch on. And, and Drew smiling at me again, cause he knows, and me and him are both on the same page. On Mike that. is a man of the birds. I love, <laughs> Bird man. I love that's, that's one of the things is why I'm in the back. He loves a, uh, what, what is it? A, a black wing red belly. Oh, bird. the guy asked me. <laughs> red wing, yeah, 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 red wing black, black he goes, bird. Hey Cap, what's that, uh, that blackbird over there with the red wings? I said, Oh, well, sir, that's a red wing blackbird. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me and he goes, yeah, you're, you're full of it. There's no way. And I'm like, I mean, that's, that's what they're called it's exactly what it is it can be whatever you and they say make, yeah, right? they make they make an amazing they make an amazing sound um the bird of spring was as how i was explained to it by the old timers that was how they judged oh you hear those red-winged blackbirds going off the tarpon are gonna be biting it's pretty cool every time i go through the wheel ditch the wheel ditch is a little mangrove tunnel we run through in the mornings mm -hmm. you know kind of traveling it's a little I love shortcut the wheel ditch that's awesome. you may have seen it on uh, commercials ala Mirada, chamber of commerce um, anything that has to do with Alamorada, if you see a boat traveling through a small little, you know, cut in the trees and the mangroves, it's probably the wheel ditch. I mean, there's, there's very few places that mimic that. Um, Amazing. It's, I love it, it. Really cool. But, but the backcountry and the birds, and once you get, you know, that October, November, December, January, especially that December, the January, you get really low tides you know, north wind, it's cold. You got to dress like you're going snow skiing. You, you got to listen to your guide when he tells you 
put pants on and bring a layer because you're going to get cold. It's an hour ride into the breeze. Sometimes it's blowing 20, 25 miles an hour out of if the If you're from the north, it's nothing for you, but for us, we're no, dying. Even no, still, it's still, we're even cold. still. I get, people, I get you, people on the boat, they're I'm like, freezing. this is no. cold. And they come from like Wisconsin. I'm and freezing. Like, and they're like, Being on the water and like, being cold is totally humid different. humid and yeah. it's... 55 but, out. I mean, freaking cold. You've got yeah. you've got your egrets. You've got your herons. You've got your roseate spoonbills. You got the white pelicans. The white pelicans, dude, they're so majestic and they're so much majestic. bigger than brown pelicans. They really are. Honestly, and such they're, a majestic. They're, beast. they're not a diving bird. They're a sifting bird. So they 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 pow- don't dive. No, they pow. A white pelican so doesn't the brown, dive. The brown pelicans will bomb from 50 feet in the air with white their mouth open, do trying to crash on something and catch it. A white pelican, he's a lot more majestic. He or she. They travel around. They they use their feet and they paddle along in the shallows and they dip their head in the water and they open and close their mouth constantly as they go along and they pick off shrimp and crabs and little fish. I mean, you can sit there and watch them. I mean, I get people who. You know, they want to take pictures. Some people don't even want to fish. I had a guy one time. He's like, dude, he goes, I just, I got my camera. He's like, you can, you can fish if you want to. He's like, I just want to take pictures. Take me to the birds. I said, all right, you got it. We All don't right. get, we don't get that off. We got this bird <laughs> offshore guys. I've, I've yet to have that you one. Maybe get a frigate bird we or some yellow beak like, yeah, or something. Yeah, I just want to take pictures of frigate birds. That's yeah. right. I mean, they are cool. All right. I'm calling a community cheers right now because we're about to talk about our favorite day of the year fishing i don't care if you're backcountry if you're Ooh. offshore and that is fish for holly i will cheers to that <laughs> right am i right or am no, i right no you're 100 right what is fish for holly and tell me why it's your favorite fishing day of the year it's a lot of love you're, God, right, it's love. you're right about that vibe i've ever it's a lot of had. love in the air mm-hmm. let's just say it's like the worst james day. take the lead it's a, well yeah no it's um for you know anybody listening who doesn't know, um, Fish for Holly is a tournament that my wife started. Um, we had a very close friend of ours, all of ours, um, and a lot more than us, a lot more friends. But she um, she ended up getting uh, she got murdered by her uh, her boyfriend at the time, which was the most out of the blue thing I've ever seen. You know dealt with in my life he uh he stayed at my house a week before apparently he had a uh, a drug problem in the past and we had dinner together yeah we had at my, at my house all a, of us. a week before yeah. it happened and um he uh he ended up killing himself as a murder suicide and um we're getting deep it's a it, it, it's, <laughs> it's it's a, a very it's, it's a very emotional moment no, for all of yeah, us yeah. and uh you know people like that have a chemical imbalance in the brain yeah, james but and it's it's but yeah back can. to the back so, to the, the so tournament the, thing it, um, but holly of that situation she was she was such a kind-hearted person yep. she was she was one of a kind i mean and I'll, I'll speak on this just you know um quickly i moved here from plantation and moved into the coral Shores high school in the middle of my sophomore year holly given was the she was a girl the first one i ever met first person i ever met at the school she walked me around and showed me where my classes were and you know from the start you're like man this beautiful beautiful blonde girl she's awesome like, to dang, talk to I'm lucky. oh yeah right she was awesome to talk <laughs> so to beautiful. so cool I like mean, down to earth gorgeous. you're like i'm like damn if all the girls are like this in this school this is gonna be great you know i just moved in Epic. here <laughs> anyways but yeah she she was a great person um no she uh, yeah she had her bags back 
ready to head back home and yeah. boyfriend, boyfriend got home before uh, she left, I guess. And Specifically to speak to what James is what? saying, what's very important for people to know is that it is um, a domestic abuse um, awareness is what we yeah, bring. Chari- charity yeah. This is what this is about um, is that, Absolutely. you know, she was a victim of domestic abuse and that is what James's wife has brought to light with her mother and her family and that we support so heavily and we make it such a positive day because that is exactly what Holly radiated every single day is positivity. Oh. Mm-hmm. The I would say the most positive person I've ever met. Oh uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, I think everyone can agree with that, right? Yeah, so absolutely. much love. Yeah. So much love. So much love. But I mean, the, and we the, feel that on that day that we gone fishing. Yeah, that's what she does. And the sports too. She was she was a badass. She can kick anyone's ass in a sport. She can outfish you all. Softball field at our at our local uh, our high school that we all attend. Yeah, it's my backyard now. I get to look at it every day. Yes. Yeah, I think about it every day. I'm like, yeah, there it is. But I will say, the morning of that tournament, on the way out, I don't care what boat you're on. There's, I think you know, every year there's 50, 60 boats in the tournament and 300 anglers and women, children, the whole deal. But I think everybody's on the same page on the way out. It's just like, this is the the best day of fishing you can have. There's not, you can't, <laughs> hate to say it, if anybody's looking to book a charter in Isla Mirada on an offshore fishing boat, that day is booked. Good luck. Because, yeah. and get in now because get it, get it you now better you do can. a year yeah. ahead but, uh, of it because we are all out there. We are fishing and we are locked, loaded are, down um, and having a good old time. Drinking mimosas for her. What are these? At, uh, what are we doing? Things? What are these things I hear? They're called Dunkaroos. Is that what, is that what it is? Yeah. Teach everyone what What's a Dunkaroo? I don't think I've ever done a Dunkaroo. Yeah, okay. That's a lie. Okay, five gallon bucket. Put a bunch of ice in it. Put some water. Stick your head in it. Upside down. Upside That's down. That's right. So they got to hold your legs as you go up. But don't you have to do a shotgun first? No, no shotgun's after. after. Oh. Afterwards. Ten seconds. Stick your head. So here we are. Here <laughs> we are. And on you a, go, bam, 12 wait. ounces deep. So here we are. I think Holly shotgun. was one of the pioneers. Of she the was the pioneer. Let's give a visual here. So we're, we're on a boat, right? Yeah. And it's, you know, we're pitching We're moving around. We're pitching and rolling. We got baits out most of the time. You know, if this is tournament hours and we're fishing. And so you're so you're upside down with your head in the bucket, your hands on the top of the bucket. Someone's holding your legs in the air, and whoever and is you counting can to ten, hear the somebody counting in your head because you're underwater. Okay, so you're underwater <laughs> in the ice, and then when when the seconds are up, you flip over, and someone hands you a, and you sh- a shotgun ready yeah, beer, shotgun right? ready or beer. a white claw, right. yeah, or way. something. Yeah. You can do whatever. Some you want. sort of alcoholic uh, beverage. Alcoholic beverage of your choice. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes a shot of Fireball. Sometimes yeah. Yeah. Fireball. That's a good option. What happened at Fish? Probably this year, when I did my dunk room, remember my dad was in our spread? Yeah, we caught one. Right away, got a bite. Right away, bam. If you got need a bite, just stick your head in a bucket of ice water. And then... We and caught then one two. sailfish this year, but it was the best and day of fishing. We went I mean, one for dude, one, every that's year 100%. Is the best day of fishing. But. Dude, I fished with a, a client of mine, and we didn't catch a single sailfish. And it was you still, still had the best day, day of your freaking yeah. life. I'm telling you. You it never was, see was, a community really pull together in, you, you in, really instead don't. of that tournament. No, you, people well, will go out in their bay boats in the roughest stuff you've ever seen nobody in your life, like Nobody and they don't even gets care. mad. You can run over somebody's fish, and they'll probably start laughing at you. like, oh, that's all right. throw you a beer. It's just James. Well, that's No, I'm just kidding. James. That's the one thing about. <laughs> um, you never see 40 boats piled up in the morning kites out you know mm-hmm. it's it it's you yeah. it's not where you want to fish don't it's where, tread it, on no, my it's turf like, no, it's, it's not, what's available yeah it's not not where you like oh i want to yeah. fish here it's like where oh, yeah. can i fish you know yeah. it's like yeah. the whole edge of the reef there and you 
you just kind of pick a spot and wiggle yourself in and put the kites out and you're like, Oh, yeah. there's uh, seven boats around me. <laughs> can't yes. move. Best yeah. day ever. It really yes. is. No, it's the best please day Please get involved. If you can't get involved, please donate. You can find it on Instagram. We have a website, fish for Holly. Just fish please yeah. research it and just be behind that cause because what Mike started saying is that you've, you know, that is the Isla Mirada, you know, camaraderie, period. Yeah, Isla Mirada is a special place. Um, they say it takes a village, and it truly does for whatever it is. Um, and everyone, they, you know, comes together um, for whatever the topic of the issue is, you know, whatever's at hand. It, it's a special place. It, it's not, there's very few places that I've ever been that have come together, you know, like Isla Mirada does and yeah, well, continues yeah. to do. Yes. Okay. Tell yeah. me what the number one thing you want people to know about you that they probably don't know. Mm. Talking to owners of me. charter businesses. What is the number one thing? Drew, you kind of mentioned you had a shopping addiction. Ooh. All right. Just Judging by his brand like new hat. Like, like shoes or clothes. Right. For anyone what that's wondering what Drew looks um, like right now, he looks like he's going on like a Columbia ad or something, right? Like he looks pretty sharp. Sponsored by Columbia. Thank you. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I thought it was a Tesla I, hat, but apparently it's not. It's Columbia that's Titanium. It's a Tiger Woods hat. <laughs> right? It's fancy. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not to Tesla yet, you but I will be. Are you a golfer? I am. You do yeah, golf. Okay. So yeah, what's see, something see that someone doesn't know about you? Better than Kill all the golfers. On, when he tees a ball off, all the golfers. When he tees a ball off, if you're standing to the right of the fairway, you got to look out because he <laughs> throws the hardest right shank. You know, there, you know there's a way to fix that. You just twist your hands a little bit in. No, he left. Jake's come on. Forty-five degrees left, and the thing's still just like. James, well, maybe. Are we talking about my golf game or your sunscreen? Come sorry, on. I'm a little burnt. I got burnt <laughs> the other day. I'm James sorry. doesn't know what sunscreen is. He so, never has, high school and all. Well, I'm 50% Finnish, so that doesn't help with so, my... Uh... So, yes, I have an addiction. Okay. come on. I have an addiction. Tell yes. us. Uh, my addiction is fishing tackle, fishing lures, fishing line, fishing everything. Um, even my girlfriend says the same exact thing. She says, "You wow, this is this is not even a hobby. This is like some kind of crazy crazy obsession that you have and it's true uh i think about the newest line that comes out i think about the newest lure that looks like the most realistic mullet or pilchard or shrimp or whatever you can think of and i buy it i probably buy three or four of it honestly um not because i'm like oh i want to try it but if if i try it and it's good I want to have two or three backups, right? Of course. Well, you what know? if you lose the first one in the tree and the second one the snook chews yeah. off? And then you got two more if you yeah. got four. Exactly. And then I'm like, That's, oh, the braided I mean, line that says This is exactly it's... how we explain to y'all why there's so many Amazon packages on the front door. So why do you ask questions? Don't go there. Oh my <laughs> I don't want to go there. Don't oh go God. there. Please don't go with the Amazon. <laughs> So, so many significant Damn Prime, yeah. prime delivery. I keep got me brainstorming again. on how I'm going to make money picking up Amazon packages around this Dude, town. Where am I going to put <laughs> Amazon packages where my girlfriend doesn't Why see Why can't somebody come pick people, up my Amazon packages and put them in the back of their truck so I don't have to fold them up? And that's one thing people don't recycling. know about me is I hate cardboard. Me too. I hate 
touching it. We can get and on folding it. it and putting it in the recycle I, the bin. Sound, we can get on the, the same sound. page. Uh, here. Even doing that when it's on the front doorstep, I cringe and I go around again. The, the side door people. kills me. Uh, can't do it. Can't do it. We're fishing guides, Lexi. This is no. How I it think is. it has to do with Amazon. You probably I get just home have every like, day and I'm like, Annie, like what did you do? What did you do? What did you do? Cardboard. What did you do? I guess we don't have a target in this town. All right. So back to having four, four, you know, slipper mullets. You know, so Savage Gear America's has this pulse tail mullet that I mean, I swear to God, it looks exactly like a mullet Sounds good. but then again i mean you know i do have a sponsorship oh. with doa sh- and they <laughs> do look just i mean that that clear shrimp it looks just and like a shrimp you took out of the baby well it, it, yep you know what i mean and, and you can't and, cast them off pick my bathroom island a tackle center at donnie's they have a flying fish that looks just like a realistic flying fish those works work. and flying fish are what dolphin eat more than anything it's called an island right? flyer if we could throw that to the to the one guy yeah I don't know who makes them. But. Can we do the finger quotes, whatever we call it? We're quoting right now. Yeah. Quote, quote, quoting, oh quoting. Open quote, say um, it. But yeah, I mean, that, that that flying fish is so realistic. The mullet, the the pilchard, the shrimp, the ballyhoo, all of those things. Like I'm constantly researching online and I'm looking at line. I'm looking at lures. I'm looking at tackle. Uh you know, Ugly Stick just came out with this carbon edition, Ooh. really light fishing rod. I bought two of them Ooh. instantly before I even looked at the reviews. Oh my god! You and will be the who review. reviews. You are the review. That's, I'm, that's it. I'm, right I'm an addict. I mean, you got me chummed up. I'm ready. I mean, just like put me on the on the side streets and Mike's just an call me homeless right now. I will say there's a little bit Seriously. of a difference between me and Mike Venezia here, and and Drew Nebrigas is uh, we both have children at home. And we yep. can't we can't just buy stuff like that. Yep. <laughs> James James got one. I got two. <laughs> we, uh, I, I think we invest I a little zero. bit more in, in diapers and uh, diapers, <laughs> cars, cars, toys, bicycles. Cars. That's that's yeah. that's yeah. very true. Yeah. That's, that's very great. True. Good things. Okay, so we've <laughs> talked about charter options. As far as we've, you guys have mentioned things like full day, half day. Um, can you guys shoot me really quick hours for your charters if someone's looking to book? Like if I'm like you know I'm not really sure if I want to do full day, half day. What are my I think options? a lot of us. I think we're all the same. Yeah. Pretty much hours. seven, uh, a half days, four hour trip, seven to eleven. Yep. Same. Yeah. Same. same. Yep. Yep. Um, seven you know, to some well. yeah. Sometime. The morning. The morning slot. The morning slot. Seven to eleven. Seven half day. 11, yep. Sometimes it's noon to four on the on the the afternoon. I don't do the the late stuff like them with the tarpon fishing. Though. Yeah. Okay, so you can go a little bit longer as far as later in the yeah. backcountry for the offshore. I typically only do like a, a seven to eleven. Okay. Uh, or a seven to one. Or a seven to three. So before I have all of you give out your information, how everyone can reach you, is there any, you know, last tips or things that you want people to know about what it's like to run a charter business operation? Like I mentioned before, it's like you can pick from anybody and there's a reason that you three are sitting in front of me and that, you know, I grew up with you. I can speak to your character. I can speak to who you are on and off the water. I know that you're the best to put people on fish, period. But I want to hear from you three on what you would want people to know wrapping up before we let them know how they can book with you. I don't Speak want to, to your uh, character is really nice. That's yeah. a good one. That's I mean, nice I don't touching. want to say that touching. I'm the best Very in touching. any way, but um, I think I think what I, we all have in common is this is we want to show it's people more than our a job. Home. We want to show people our home. I we think. want to show people our home, but it's it's a way of life. Yeah. It's a passion. It's we, I mean, we're all in the same boat, but. We're not in the same boat. We're in different boats, if that makes any sense. Yeah, you course. know what I mean? My boat would never be pink, Mike. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe maybe that's one thing that people don't know about me yet. As I do, I have a pink boat. You can't miss him. You can see boat. me from a, in the binoculars, probably nine and a half miles away. Yeah. It's it's more inviting to all groups. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say. Um, <laughs> I, I just think that the the three of us anyway, and you know, there's a bunch more. I guess there's we're not we special. Wanna, we're not special in any way. But I think um, you're very special, I and I know that you're not too, gonna. James. Oh God, here Thanks. we go. But, I know you're no, not I mean, gonna take I'd love to show it. people the way of life that we have down here, and I love to show people a good time. I'm not, you know, the kind of guy to to scream and yell at customers to to catch more fish. You know, there's there's a few that just all they care about is the rack at the end of the day. You know. Yes. I just want to teach about, people how to have a good time, how to catch fish, what we do. And, you know, it's, it's I'm sure for, for yeah. some, you know, my customers tell me all the time, like, it's a whole, a whole new world out there. But we take it for granted because we see it our whole life. I yeah. like that you said that. Let's talk about really quick. Give me your best compliment each of you have ever gotten. Like, you just said a really great thing that made me think of that like what's the best feedback you've ever gotten of something that we might take for granted a little bit. i know that we're very appreciative of where we live it's your livelihood but what's a great compliment or feedback you've got people um really like how i explain things to them for what we're doing how we're doing it why we're doing it what we're here for you know how to use a rod how to you know tips and tricks to, to make things better and easier and they're just it, it's my attention to detail uh, in the fishing department that's, you know, sets me apart from, from, from others. And I'm not going to say everyone because there's guys that out here have been doing it twice as long as I've been alive. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, Dale Perez, he's been guiding for 50 years. You know what I mean? It, I can't touch on that. But I love that. What about you, Drew? <clears throat> yeah. Um, for me, when someone says that you were so instructional yet at the same time kind and yeah, like patient and just patient. Huh, patient. Yeah. Patient I think is a perfect a word, word for you. For um, you know, because I, I'm very hands on with people. I'm not the kind of person to be like, Hey, I'm going to cast it out for you. I'm going to set it in the rod holder, this, that, and the other, like I'm going to explain everything to you from step one to step five, whatever it may be. And if we lose the fish, we lose the fish. But it's on you. It's not on me. I want you to feel like you're included in this from start to finish. You give a yeah. rewarding experience that they stepped away, that they truly learned something. And, and maybe you didn't catch your exciting fish for your Instagram post. But at the same time. But if you time, come back next year, you might. You might. You know, at you the, next, the, the, the next day. You know, somebody the Absolutely. next day you know, uh, You're we, not going to catch we, them all in eight hours. But yeah. Before Facebook, many. before Instagram, yeah. we mm -hmm. all fished and we all never needed that uh, galore. We never needed that excitement. We never needed that voila. I can promise you one thing. This. Somebody on Instagram is always going to do better than you every day. Of course. And it's not it's and if you're the, <laughs> and if you're you're the guy, you better put it on Instagram because right? <laughs> and, and, and you know what? I personally I, I don't care about that. You know, it's yeah. a free marketing yeah, I mean, tool, don't get me wrong. I yeah. love I love that we have this podcast here, especially with Mike, because I follow Mike as well and I commend him because he's very similar to me in his social media presence to where he posts a blimp here and there. He's like beautiful tarpon jumping. He's not like Five for seven on tarpon today. 
You know, whereas it's humble. It's the respect the for the, the fish. You know, James, yeah, yeah. James, he's Very not posting so. 15 flags saying I'm the best sail fisherman in the world. Whereas me, I really think that he truly is one of the best sail fishermen in Isla Mirada. I agree. I do because he's been doing it for so long. But at the same time, he's not flaunting and saying, hey, we caught 17,000 sailfish today. They were tailing, blah, 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 blah. He's like, if you would like to catch sailfish... <laughs> I'm available at this time. I'm available. That's it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, and I think yeah. you're going to have a good time with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's more so yeah, about the experience. That's time. what exactly it's all about the experience. Yeah. What it's about is the experience. And you three provide an incredible experience yeah. in all different ways. And I think that regardless of what you catch, yeah. if you can go home and look at your family, your friend, bachelor party, whatever it is, and just say, Today was a good day, yep. and, and you don't focus on that. That's what it matters, and they enjoy your company. Yep. That's what's so great. Mm -hmm. so. I have to mention one thing that's different between me and him too is, which is a huge part of this like offshore fisherman, you know, offshore fishing industry is having a good mate. Ooh, yeah. great because point. I'm, mate we are I'm, nothing without uh, a good mate. mate I'm hundred percent. They, you know, Drew and Mike, they don't have mates. I no, have, but I, I was a mate at one uh, point, yeah, so I know grew, what it's he, like. You know, he grew up being a mate. Yeah, and um. You know, it's it's a it's a big deal. You can make it's, or break your whole business. I have I have a a very good mate now. He's been with me for two years since I bought Shout the boat. Shout out Jack Remtra. Yeah. Jack Remtra. Hey buddy. Um. <laughs> anyway, he's great. You know, but you know, if he you know, they always move on and he'll leave. But the most important thing is he's the one who's downstairs. He's talking. He's holding conversations with all of my you know guests on board. Mm -hmm. And he's you know I I point the boat in the right direction. I try to know where I'm going and, you know, set up on, on birds when we're dolphin fishing. And if we're chasing sailfish showers, I'm, you know, I'm driving, but I can drive the boat as much as you want. If there's not somebody down in the cockpit who knows what they're doing and doesn't know where to cast or how to cast, you're, you're just drive lunch. the other way. And, yeah, and you're and at the launch. You might as well just go for a boat ride. Yeah. Not to, hey, not sailfish there, guys. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Just keep going. No, we don't worry about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Not not to, I mean, it's, not, a, it's not a huge to stop thing. You. I not, always, my, my main goal, you know, if Jack, Hey, he will leave. You know, they all they grow. They're gonna grow up. They all and, spread and their wings leave. and fly but, away. You know, I love Jack. And he's a good buddy of mine. But I always try to uh, keep a good mate. That's that's well, my that's my pro tip for you, Lexi. Not to <laughs> not to not to stop you though, which I know that like you are absolutely right. I I know Jack personally is a very good friend as well. How is Jack different from any other mate? along the dock and how do you facilitate that I because think it's, a, it's a these people can book 15 different guys yeah, you know no, right a, on this dock i mean you, you have to obviously stay busy enough to keep a full-time guy of course and they have to respect you you know i think jack mm -hmm. holds a respect for me just because i'm a, a nice guy, where does he you know? set the bar though <laughs> is guess. what i'm saying is like uh -huh. okay so like when i was a mate i would go out right and yep. like you're leaving the head pin yep. and you're opening the bales and you're untwisting the lines and at the same time you're reeling them in and you're telling people there's a copper wire on this line <laughs> go ahead drew just slammed the mic you're telling people there's a copper you're telling people there's a copper wire on this line yeah right and like where does he set the bar like what do you do to differentiate yourself from other people because I, I know you, that you do it I just don't know how you do it I think you just you know you gotta tell your mate how to explain himself you know explain to the people you know I try to 
talk to him in the morning the best I can, but it's it's really up to him. I'm on the you way set out. your expectation of what you need from him for your clients. Exactly. And, and he you, respects and if, you just like you said, and he wants to be there If your mate doesn't you. get the job done, you, you you move on to the next one. you got to try to find, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. This town's hard. There's a very small. You need some of the strong work ethic. And exactly. you recognize it very fast because you both like, have been there. You just probably say you like every, It's like every job in the marine industry. Like you work hard and yeah. climb the ladder and, you know, if you want to learn. So I just want to touch on one more thing. Um, the family aspect um, and being, you know, a part of this business and, and the hours that it, it consumes and, you know, everything, um, you know, it's not just fishing. It's it's the behind the scenes. It's the maintenance. It's the oil changes. It's the late night. It's the spooling rods. It's the all the stuff that leads up to going fishing. And I just want to shout out um, to all the wives out there that hold down yes. the fort and especially mine. Amen. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, for, for all these tarpon trips I do and I'm not, I, you know, I, I don't get home until 10 yeah, o'clock I mean, at night. Yeah, you know, when you're I'm doing, not home. When I'm doing evening time. trips from, yeah. you know, all of April and all of May and I go 50 days in a row, you know, with one day off a week. And I mean, she's there holding down the fort. Yeah. So, you know, I just want to say thank you and, and shout out because, you know, behind the scenes you forget that uh that there's somebody there you know i respect a lot because i was that kid that was waiting for dad to come home and you try to you try to hold your eyes open so late i listened to your podcast with your dad and and jen and them and it's the same thing your dad you know he's older now but he did the same thing that we're all doing right now and he's the man he really is shout out to man (laughs) but no it's tough to juggle everything i mean i yeah I look at it like a you know I have freaking two wives you know it's the yabba dabba doing any yep. it's it's yeah. it, being my own boss now you know in a way it's just it's hard to uh, you know you wake up some days and you're like man I could go spend all day on the boat and then there's a million things I can do but I also have to be a dad and, and I usually husband, get the text yeah. saying that I could spend all day in bed. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's Drew. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, Drew. Okay, tell us how we're we can leave you out of this segment, Drew. Yeah, yeah, you this, can, uh, this, this is for the, and, for the guys who have kids. This is me and Mike's time to shine. Okay, yeah. tell Say me right how everyone can meet you. Let's start with James. We James talked about this. James calls his they... bed the yabba dabba Oh gosh, no. Bedrock. <laughs> hey, Flintstone story. Oh, just baby. so you know, it's on James, the transom of the boat. James's little boy looks just like Bam Bam, and they just named their skiff, and they're, I would call more of a baby. We got a 20. Stapleton. Yes, and it's, it's beautiful, day. and they have it named Bam Bam with this cute little towhead baby looks just like Ben. So tell everyone how they can book a charter on the Yabba Dabba Deal. Yes, if you want to reach out to me, um, I have an Instagram, Yabba Charters, at Yabba Charters, and Facebook's the same thing, and uh, yabbacharters.com is my uh, website, and my phone number is 305 305- Three nine three two seven six one. So if you want to do any offshore fishing and come on this beautiful vessel that we're on today. Hopefully um, all this sound equipment won't be on here. <laughs> we, got, we got a lot of mics and a lot of cords it's going on a, right now, but there's a lot of room here to looks bring, like a spider web on to bring whoever you want. And like I've said in the past, you've heard me, this boat has won so many tournaments we can't it, even count. It has a little bit of a rich history. It's got here. me in trouble with my school attendance lady because it's told stories on me that I won and was out fishing when I said I had dentist appointments for my dad. So that's how good it is. Uh, Mike Venezia, tell us your name of your charter, how to contact you, and what for. So I'm on Instagram, Captain Mike Venezia, at Captain Mike Venezia. Uh, Facebook. Spell is, that out for me. Uh, C A P T. 
M-I-K-E-V-E-N-E-Z-I-A, pronounced Venezia. <laughs> that's that's one that everybody will I'm glad get you wrong spelled a time the in part two. C A P T. Yeah, C A P T. Well, it's I mean that's what it is. Letters um, are hard. <laughs> um, the Facebook uh, boned up fishing charters. Um, getting ready to drop a new website here in the next week or two. Uh, Fishinginthekeys.net um, is what that one will be. The current website is uh, bonefishingalamrata.com. And then you can also also reach me uh, via cell phone, uh, 954-608-4466. A call or a text. If I'm on the water, I'll get back to you as soon as I can uh, and and let you know availability or dates or, you know, just, hey, I'll give you a call back here in a couple hours when I get off the water, Um, whatever. However, which way you can reach out to me, uh, bonedupcharters at gmail.com. You can send me an email um, and it's all all there uh, on the website, ready to go. Drew's Drew's getting a little... um, Little, little feisty over here. You got something to say? Go ahead. Definitely, Pinky. Definitely got something to say. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's, it goes with the territory, right? So if we're coming from an advertising standpoint, my uh, website is fishybusinessislamarada.com. Is this the time to say that? Okay. WFKZ Radio com is my website if you'd like to reach me there. My phone number is 305 also, you can follow me on my Instagram if you'd like. My Instagram name is fishybusiness underscore charters dot com. And feel free to DM me. Feel free to call me, text me, um, anything you'd like to reach out for a charter. And I'd be happy to take you fishing. The best advice I can give y'all is take somebody for an experience. Um, if you're looking for a gift for something, if you want to just put something on your bucket list, if you've already done it, I promise you the experience will still be different for any one of these three guys. I really... Every day is different. Yes. Yeah. And I really just... I tell my people that every day. I think You leave that, the dock and you're just like, like, oh, what are we going to catch? And I'm like, I don't you know. have no idea. We yes. could catch something insane today. Yes. Yeah. The world is your oyster. <laughs> Go explore it. Get on That's the true. water. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for your time. Thanks, James, Lexi. thanks for the hospitality Thank on Yava. Thank you for having us, Lexi. This it's was fun. Awesome. Thank you. These are my high school best friends. It's this it's really great to, you know, just to be able to shine light on who you people are and, and how much you make a difference in the fishing community on a conservation state or even just on, you know, slaying it, guys. Meh. Yeah. All right, drank, call these guys. I've, I've, Go I've, fish. I've, I've drank more than usually I do on a Monday. But. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast life. <laughs> All right. And go sign up for Fish for Thanks. Holly. Thanks, yeah, y'all. Yeah. Thanks, Lexi. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, everybody.